Welcome to our weekly Wednesday Shir. This week, as we now go into as we now we go into the Chag Hashavus. one person and we received the Torah was that the last time? time I guess was also uh, pretty, pretty close to it Midbar, sixth Perik of Pirkei Avis this week. Shabbos, then Yom Tif. Sunday, Monday, Ashvois. Erev Yom Tiv, technically, is Shabbos. Shavuos, not many laws involved to really discuss. The main thing is, it's Nami Lachem. It's a Yom Tiv that we need to enjoy. We need to enjoy the Yom Tiv itself, we need to enjoy the food. There's no Erev Tavshilin involved. Erev Tavshilin is when Yom Tif is Erev Shabbos. And therefore, in order to cook on Yom Tif, something that we're going to eat on Shabbos, we make what's known as an Erev Tavshilin. However, since it's not that way, since we are not going to be cooking for Shabbos on Yom Tif, we do not need Erev Tavshil. Obviously, we cook everything before each Shabbos. Unlike Pesach, where people are very stringent to have everything prepared before Pesach cooked-wise, Shavuot is not the same. Although it's commendable, if one could, to have everything prepared Thursday, Friday, or whenever they can beforehand. So that on Yom Tif they just need to warm it up so they can enjoy the Yom Tif and the meal. Shabbos is a regular Shabbos, even though it's out of Yom Tif. We do not say Avarachim, we do not say Zikas Chatzedek. We have not been saying Tachnun, we will not say today Tachnun, we do not say for the till Yud Beis Sivan, we do not say Tachnun. I believe we explained that previous year. The 
Shabbos meals are regular. However, all, even though those who have a custom diligently to eat Shalashudas every Shabbos, the third meal on Shabbos, one should minimize how much they're going to take, how much the intake would be. As Matzah Shabbos, we're not eating Malva Malka, we're eating a Sudas Yomtiv, and we have to be able to enjoy the Sudas Yomtiv for a Suda, which it is. Although Malva Malka, we also need to eat with a Gusto, but they're not in the same category. I'm going to do an experiment today, by the way. I'm going to try to divide the shear in... I take it back. I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to do it in 10-minute intervals. In this way, it'll be six shear. This will be insanity. But it's easier to download. Anyway, those who are having a problem with the video, I believe you just have to download it. It just won't open up on its own, but you need to download it. Therefore, Shabbos itself, as we said, the meals are regular. Matzah Shabbos Kedesh. We're not going to make the regular Havdalah. We're going to make Havdalah with, we're going to make Kiddush with a supplement of Havdalah. We do not make a bracha of the besamim. We do, however, make a bracha on the candle. However, unlike every week where we look at our fingernails and put it by the candle, we do not do so as this week. We simply look at the candle in its own. <sighs> Those that have a desire, shall we call it, or feeling that it's just not, they're not yaitza, if it's not two candles together, you can put two candles together if you have full hold standing candles. If you have, otherwise, Baruch Hashem, those people that are very, very how would you say it? Um, commercial minded. And know how to make a dollar. Or in America, say, know how to make a buck. They've created the Yak Nahaz candle. That's its name, Yak Nahaz. And it's a candle with two weeks in it. And automatically you have your two candles, your two weeks together. Even though you're not waving your fingernails. Um, what's Yak Nahaz? Also been explained prior. The order of which we're going to say Kiddush on Matzah Shabbos is the first thing we do is make a bracha beri piyagafen. After beri piyagafen, we do Kiddush. Once we did the regular Kiddush, we look at the candle as we just mentioned, we make Beira Meireh Eish, then we say Havdola, and after Havdola we say the Shechiyonu. So, Yayin, Kiddush, Ner, Havdola, Zman, is the acronym Yak Nahaz. So, when you hear about Yak Nahaz, don't become a big Talmudator, a big Erev uh, Tavshilm. Understand exactly what it is, know where it comes from, what it stands for. Does it happen every week? It doesn't happen every Yom Tif, obviously. Not every Yom Tif comes in from Shabbos, or sometimes the first day Yom Tif is a Shabbos, and the second day Yom Tif would be Matzai Shabbos and Sunday, and then again you would use the same formula of Yak Nahaz. Dairy products. Dairy mutton tater 
they found out milk and meat cannot be mixed this was severe this is tough one reason not because they liked milk and meat dafke, but one mainstay reason is because they had no kosher pots it means all their pots were not kosher because they've been cooking that way I don't know how you cook meat in milk I, I don't know I don't want to know They, so all their kalim were not kosher. So first of all, you got to learn the dinim. You have to learn all the laws pertaining how to kosher a pot. Rule number one, prior to koshering the pot, it cannot be a ben yoymoi. Wow, we're going to get smicha after this course. <laughs> A ben yeme means that has been used within the last 24 hours. Neither milchik nor fleshik. It was not used. It sits dormant. Thereafter you go about koshering the pot and the utensils each to its own how it has to happen. The law is the way it came in, the way it was absorbed, that's how it will spit out and you want it to spit out whatever in the walls of the pot of the vessel, of the utensil, and therefore the kashering process had to take place. Kashering process had to take place, but it's not a five-minute process, as we just said. Not only is it not a five-minute process, you can't even start right away. You need to wait a day. If you got to wait a day, what are you going to eat? What do you eat? So, Solution is you eat dairy. You eat dairy or parve, whatever it might be. With not touching, not using any meat, not being able to use any utensils actually. So, the Jews now at this point in time had nothing to eat. Couldn't eat any meat. They can only eat dairy or parva. In commemoration of this, we eat dairy on Shuas. What do we eat dairy? Our problem is broken operator. Broken operator tells us the first person says one thing, the second one says something a little distorted, third one has a different opinion, the fourth one has something else to say about it. And we end up getting confused. We end up getting confused. What do we do? What we do is we either go back to the source, or we go to the dove. And they tell me the Rav, tell me how is it done really. There are people today that eat dairy throughout Shavuos. All their meals on Shavuos, they eat only dairy. Slight problem with that is that when the Torah refers to Vesamech to Bechagecha to joy and to rejoice on the holiday, there's no joy without wine and meat. 
Sorry, vegetarians. No, now it's going to become that I said during my shir that the vegetarians are miserable. People, because there's no joy if you don't have meat, and they don't eat meat, so they have no joy. People are vegetarians, many, each one for his own reason. One could have become vegetarian because they saw shkita. One could have become vegetari- vegetarian because it upsets their system. One could be vegetarian because they don't have animal rights, whatever it might be. Everything has to be respected, everyone to their own, each to their own. We have to live and let live. There's nothing to talk about. Unfortunately, it doesn't jive always with Torah dictates. And one of which is Simcha joy with wine and meat also it says that on Shavuos they brought two breads so we need to commemorate that as well so at night the meal generally should be a regular yomtiv meal, not dairy. There are those that go the opposite extreme, and they eat before davening. They call probably chasidim. They'll eat without making kiddush, and they'll eat some dairy before davening, cheesecake, whatever it is. And they'll come over from Shul, they'll have regular Sudhishamtav. We then have people that stay up, since we, the custom is on Matzah Shabbos, the first night of Shul, stay up all night. We stay up all night learning Taita, saying Tikkun Leil Shavuos. The Tikkun Leil Shavuos is compiled of everything that we have in Taita, a part of Chumash, not the whole Parashis, of course but all the parashas, the part of each parasha, Teda, Nevi'im, and Ksuvim, the, script, the prophets and the scriptures, Mishnayis, Zayar, etc. And it can take several hours for those who don't read too quickly. Those who read quickly do it through also two, three hours. But generally we're intended to stay up all night long learning Teda. Preparing for Mount Tana. Why? Because the Yidin were told they were going to receive the Tana. They were told three days before to separate from their wives, etc. Prepare, prepare for Tana. And it came the night before Mount Tana and they all fell asleep. It was a beautiful sleep. The mosquitoes didn't even bite that night. Serene, pleasant, peaceful. They slept so well. But unfortunately, that did not please Hashem's palate. Hashem said, where's the excitement? Where's the fervor? Where's the burn, the flame, the bren, the slavos? You're going to get the tater. What's wrong with you? Sleep? Who could sleep at night? If you knew you're getting tomorrow morning a $50 million check, you're not sleeping that night. You'll sit staring at the clock all night long. Tick, 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 another minute. Oh, another minute. And here they're going to get the commodity of commodities. <coughs> the most precious gift ever given. The Tata. And they're not just getting the Tata in a UPS or Amazon. Meshe Rabbeinu, the leader Meshe, is going up to Hasinai, he's going to get the Torah from God, and God is going to tell it to the Jews. And God does just that. God says the first commandment. And the Jews hear it. Unfortunately, Unfortunately, because 
the Jews were not up to date. They did not prepare properly. And they, as we said, slept the night before. Therefore, when it came to God's voice booming and announcing and saying, Anechi Hashem Aleichecha, Asher Etzisichem Eretz Mitzrayim, I am God that took you out of Egypt, etc. The Jews were not capable of handling it. Says the Medrash, Parchan Ishmasan, their souls left their bodies. Their souls left their bodies. They were not meant to die. So the Malachim was sent out to bring back all the Shamas. They used the dew that's going to be used in the future. For Tchiyas HaMesim may be used today in Yitzhak. And Akit Ziran and Sheikh Niafar. They took that dew and they were Mechayim Mason the whole Kali Yisrael. At this point, the Jews saw this is serious stuff. Hashem They heard me piagvura, and then Hakadosh Baruch Hu continues and says, "You should not have another god." And boom! Again, the neshamas went flying, and again, process repeated itself. The, the angels went out and they brought it back and they put it back into the goof and they used again the same do. At this point, the Jews said, whoa, 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 hold on, hold everything. One thing we were taught by our forefathers, we don't rely on miracles. How do we know this is going to work again? Two times is good, but three times is lucky. What happens if God decides He's not going to give us again a third time? And our Neshamas fly out and He doesn't bring us back again. You know what, Moshe? We're not capable. We're not vessels for this again. You listen to God and repeat to us, we'll hear it from you. And therefore, because the Jews slept the night before, we not as a punishment, but as a payback, I guess, remain awake the night before in order to be prepared and ready to receive the Tera. Now we run into, again, a slew of customs. The first custom, most in the most common practice, I guess, in, in many many different circles is after staying awake all night you put your talus on go to shul or you're in shul already anyway and you daven you daven with the netzachama whoa v'sikin whoa you daven v'sikin you daven v'sikin and you're good to go so you come home, and that's a chama is 5.30, 5.45, you're home by 6.30, you're home by 6.30, hey, it's a big day still, we make Kiddush, and they eat milchiks, they wash and eat milchiks, they bench, and they go lie down for three, four hours. Eight o'clock, you lie down for four hours. You wake up at twelve. You set the table. You finish fighting with the kids. Put the food up to warm because your wife was sleeping. No, she wasn't up all night. Food's probably ready by that point. 
And once again, you don't make Yiddish, but once again, everybody washes. And we sit down, they sit down to a meat meal. And they bench. They're relics, those people. They're few and far between. Not many of those people are left. You have those that have a Vesikin, there's plenty of Minyan of Vesikin, and they make Kiddush afterwards, and they eat their dairy, they go to sleep, and they get, wake up, and they start their learning later, they finish what they didn't finish the night before, but that meat meal doesn't usually happen. Then, we have those that stay up till Aleisha Shachar, then lie down for four or three, four hours, Go davening at 7.30, 8.30. And after davening, after davening, after davening, They come home, they make Yiddish, they daven, and they make Yiddish, and they wash. And they wash, and they eat a dairy meal. You don't have to exaggerate. You can eat some fish. Today they make herring and cream sauce, milk and cream sauce. And you eat some fish and dairy right then and there. But sometimes to make, they prepare a smorgasbord, cheesecakes and pastas and eggplants, and all these things. And they enjoy a proper milchig meal. And they bench. And they take out tehillims, or whatever they might take out, and they sit for an hour, provided that it's not the hard cheese, the bed, the cheese, six-hour cheese, try not to, try to avoid that stuff. They go to, they rest, they, they say tehillim for an hour, they wash again and they eat something fleshic. And then they bench a second time. So that way you are yetzer with shtei halechem with the two breads. What do you do? That's what I do. I go to shul after resting up a little bit because after a whole night my davening is a shmata. So I'm going to sit there, try to daven after being up all night. Oh, it's going to sound like, I'm not going to think what it's going to sound like. So, best that I sit, take a rest. Three, four hours, it's more than enough. For laser shakas, four o'clock. But sleep till eight o'clock with no problem. Daven like a mensch, and then sit down and do what we said the dairy meal, and I wait at the bench and wait an hour and wash again. And this way, your yetzer with shte alechem, your yetzer with milchik, your yetzer with mfleshik, your yetzer with sudasyamtiv, and lechayim ketzel, and you're good to go. The other meals eaten on Shavuos should be just regular fleshik meals. Those that have fictitiously decided that they should have dairy meals <coughs> throughout Shavuos, I don't know. It doesn't make sense with me. 
if you have a source, then go by the source. <coughs> Providing the source is not your nutritionist or the Weight Watchers. You don't need to indulge, to overindulge. Everything is done with moderation. When you wash, have a piece of fish, and eat some cheese, or whatever it might be, cheesecake, or, or pasta, or whatever you're eating, you're good to go. You're good to go. And then you can bench. Um, you know what? Cancel the order. I don't need it. We always read Parshas Bamidbar before Shavuos. Parshas Bamidbar. From here we see that in Bamidbar there's a preparation for Shavuos. Every year, Chagashvuis, Chagashbarach gives us the Tera on a, a repeat, a new, a new, a whole new phase. I'm in the recording a year. But I need it at 8.30 because, I, because I, that's when people are coming to take it. 9.30, nobody's going to be here anymore. And I have to leave to work. So I don't need it anymore. Just tell them thank you. I did. I'm in the middle of a year. He didn't answer. Every year we get the Torah from new, therefore it's clear to us that the preparations for receiving the Torah on a new basis needs to be in a way a preparation of Torah for the first time. And these preparations, Kabbalah's Torah, or Shalom, and Actus, peace and unity, Chazal teach us from the Pasuk, Yichan Sham Yisrael Neged the as we said before, the Jews rested by the mountain. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say Vayachanu, it says Vayichan. If you get marketplace, he said he won't have it till 9.30, so if you get it, we're not going to get out the meat. Just tell them to go pick up the fish and come straight here. Preparations, Kabbalah Satera, of peace and unity. As we said, it doesn't say Vayachinu, they rested, but rather Vayichan. It says Vayisum, Mirfidim, they went from Mirfidim, Vayachinu, Bamidbar, they rested in Midbar. But here it came, when it came to the heart, it says, Vayichan Kish Echad Bulev Echad Rashi explains from the Mechilta. And this is what it says in the Medish, HaKadosh Baruch wanted to give the Tera in a time when the Jews left Egypt. There was a lot of strife, a lot of inner strife. When they arrived in Sinai, everything got straightened out. HaKadosh Baruch said, All is Tera is all peace, whom do I give it to? To a nation that loves peace. Not just unity, but unity neged hahar. By the mountain. Surrounding a mountain.
So what does it have to say this? Are you sure? Because I can't have my people wait there if you don't have it. Change the plan. Marketplace said he has it. So just pick it up. Thank you. Actus. Actus. Okay. Baruch Hashem. The vendors are all cooperating. So around the mountain and around what's going to be brought about as Tera Mitzvah. So when the Jews united through the Tera, there's a unity that gives true solidarity. I don't know if Mori told you, it's supposed to be 8 o'clock. So the guy will be there in about 5 minutes. Okay, you're sending the guy to Marketplace, I hope, because uh, he does have it ready, just he'll bring you down. A perpetual unity. This is what brings most blessings and the the sustenance and existence from above. The strength of unity we can only get it can only be found all those that want it, even if the unity is on a not such a positive vein. The Dera for example, all spoke one language, all had one thing in mind, a couple of papers. A dare that was united. Because Baruch said, don't like what they're doing. And their downfall came through this. Because their unity was not with proper intent. It's a generation that will try to build a tower to go battle with God. Didn't work. The unity around Mount Teda is the actus of the true unity. So when they stood in Har Sinai, Hakadosh Baruch revealed the pnimius of Am Yisrael and the Teda that he brought in, Kvayachol. He brought in Nafshay. Paul told him, tell him, Marketplace ha- does have it ready. And therefore, bringing and internalizing Teda with his soul. So when the Jews united around the mountain, this showed a unity of all Neshamas Yisrael between their actual roots, the original roots, which is HaKadosh Baruch And therefore they were able to achieve Ish Echad, Belev Echad.
from this we learn the preparation of Chagashvuas is the fortifying of Avas Yisrael something we need to very very diligently involve ourselves to bring a fellow Jew closer to Yiddishkeit to the light of Teda so it's not just a how would you use the word superficial unity superficial education and closeness that you're involving to the person but rather it's the Teda Mitzvahs that surrounds us. So we need to know this is pe- this is dependent on each and every one of us. And the Mazich Magid said, the Mishnah says in Pirkeiavis, Da malamayla mimoch, Da you should know what's above you. He says he translates, Da you should know. Kol ma everything that happens. Above, in the heavenly spheres, everything is mimoch. It's all dependent on what you do and how you act and behave. And the person needs to see the world standing on the pillars in one work, in one job, to prove and to understand Matanteda in preparation like this we are sure that we will merit Gabalas Hateda Besimcha Uvesinius. Therefore the name is the name of the Pasha is Bamidbar. The essence of a Pasha is based on its name. And we find with the Pasha is connected by the name of the parsha, B'midbar Sinai. So B'midbar, a desert, a desolate desert, L'cheda, is the opposite of the Teda. It's the opposite of Kabbalah's Teda. Midbar refers to a place, a desert is desolate. There's nothing there, nothing settling, no water, no, no vegetation. Sinai comes from the Lashon of Sino. Why is it called Sinai? Shiyarda Sino Li'elam Olav. If you keep your score at home, it's Gemara Shabbos, Peitez, Samad Beis, Amar Olav. So how is it possible? From looking at these words, Midbar, Sinai, this is our preparation to Matan Teda. And we understand this according to the conditions in which we need to learn Teda. The main way to learn Teda, to accept Teda, is old, controlled, delete. We take all outside elements away. Nothing should involve us, nothing should confuse us. Except for focus on Teda. need to detach ourselves completely and totally. This is what Taylor does for us. As well. If you deal with, if you do for Taylor, Taylor does for you. And the protection that Taylor gives you, affords you. And this is what we need to do in order to be able to be a vessel for Teda, we need to accept the Kabbalah's oil. And we need to totally take everything, all our thoughts, and sometimes it's bad thoughts that we have, either about a fellow Jew, bad thoughts or memories that we have that happened or caused, and we need to take all this and we need to wipe it away. We need to have a fresh start. We need to be free in our minds and thereby start to accept and to absorb. 
And thereby, we can start now the concept of Lilmaid Ulalamid, to learn and to teach. And these things are also intertwined one with the other. We need to be attached <coughs> a heart to heart. And when a person involves themselves in their learning, in order just to learn and to detach themselves from everything else, we need to see how we involve ourselves in the actual Limud Hatera. And this comes from the concept of Midbar. A place where there is nothing else. No people, no food, no anything, no drink. You can be totally, you have nothing else to think about here. That's what a person needs to be, and a person needs to become a Midbar on their own rights. Nothing else but Tera. Kal Misha Eina Isa Atzmei. Ka Midbar Hefker and Yachaliknes is Hachachmedetera. Chazal tell us, anyone that does not make themselves like a ownerless desert cannot purchase, cannot evolve, cannot absorb the Tera and its Chachma. In Midbar, when we ourselves, that itself is not alone. And we need also the concept of Sinai. We need to have the Sina to anything that opposes Yiddish, that opposes Teda. They need to be totally detached from the world and not to want to have involvement with the world. But only with the light of Teda. This preparation for the Imla Teda causes that a person should be Matsliak to be Makabu Teda, Matsliak to learn Teda, and thereby to involve themselves the way they should, the Lilmaid and the Lamaid, and the Tachlis of hating worldly things is not what exactly the, we're really referring to, but rather to nullify them. Mm-hmm. This should not be our mainstay, this should not be our main train of thought. Worldly things that go on, we have to work, we have to support ourselves, we have to support our family, we have to, etc. This should not be our main drive. Our main drive is Tata. And the Tachlis is not to hate the world, but just to put it in its own perspective and involve it so that you could make it a better place for itself and for the others. And to nullify all the things that are not positive and turn them to good. And thereby, we will cause the world to be a dirlei isbarich, be as Mashiach tzidkenu, begeula amitas vashlema, heder v'yamenu mamish mamish now. Pirkei Elvis. Yeshua ben Levi was an elderly, was an early Amerah, from the early Amerah. Some say he bordered. He was from the last of the Tanoim. Some say he was the first of the Amarayim. But he was known as a Chassid. And his tefillahs always answered. He once asked the Yohanavi, when Mashiach will come, the Yohan told him to ask Mashiach. And he went to the gates of Rome, he found Mashiach sitting there, he asked him, when are you coming? He says, today. Shavuilevi came to the Yohanavi and asked why Mashiach did not come, and the Yohan said, the rest of the Pasuk, Today, if you will listen to my voice. The Imara relates that when he came, when it came time for Yeshua and Levi to pass away, he tricked the Malach Mavis and ended up in Ganeden live. Thereby, we'll, evolve, we'll learn a little Pasuk, a little Mishnah of Amar of Yeshua and Levi, but this last Mishnah, the last Pedic, is really Brysis. Every day, every single day, a heavenly voice is heard by the Neshama. It comes out from Har again, which is referring to Har Sinai, announces and says, 
Woe to the people who insult the Teda by not learning it with feeling. He pitied them. Why? Anyone who doesn't learn Teda the way it's supposed to is called shameful. It says in the Pasuk, the beautiful woman, which is tater without flavor, her golden pig, her golden ring in a pig's nose. How again, beauty is only a metaphor of wisdom. And it's used appropriately in tater. Because it's like a ring, the beautifying the finger that it's placed on. But the wisdom is used to justify bad behavior. When they use, when, sorry, when Chatzon, someone uses the wisdom to justify bad behavior, it's like a ring on the no, in, the pig, in the pig's nose. It loses its beauty because it's worthlessness. So nobody justifies his bad behavior. Everyone realizes they did something wrong and therefore they're going to repent for it. And we try again and again and again to repent. And we beg and we plead with God that He forgive us. And then anyone that we sinned against, we forgive us as well. So that we can all be Ish Echod, Lev Echod, and unite before this very Shabbos and go to Yerushalayim, Yerakodesh, with Mashiach Tzidkenu, and celebrate Shavuos, in Yerushalayim, Yerakodesh. I was going to talk about the quotes of Yeshua but maybe I just don't remember where they are exactly that a mission that discusses Egla Rufa, the mitzvah of Egla Rufa Egla Rufa was a calf that was taken when a person was found in a field, they had died, they were traveling and they went from one city to the next and they found the field dead then they have to the sages, and they don't know who did it the sages have to gather together from the closest town and they have to measure which town is closest, and they bring a calf that has never worked, and the process that is done for it, in order that forgiveness should be merited by the town itself, and the actual murderer should be taken to task. Okay, I wish everybody Kabbalah's a tale of Shabbat Shalom to all.